You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dear Multi Hyphenate. I am your host, Michael Kushner. I hope everyone's doing well this week. I love hearing from everyone and finding out which episodes you really jive with. Everyone's so different. Everyone, you know, everyone has such a different background that appeals to everyone. And that's what's amazing about being multi hyphenate is that there's so many aspects that you can combine to be a multi-hyphenate. And it's like a buffet of artistry. And I just made that up and I'm patting myself on the back, but you can't see that because this is a podcast. I just wanted to remind you that if you have any questions, comments, concerns, epiphanies, anything like that, you can find me on social media at the Michael Kushner or at Dear Multi-Hyphenate. You can always write me there or you can email me at Photography at gmail.com. Uh, I am addicted to my phone, just like any other person, especially in quarantine. So chances are I'll be responding back to you probably sooner than you even emailed me. So who knows about that? But um, also every Thursday live, remember, I have a, a new show with Broadway Podcast Network called My Broadway Memory. Every Thursday at 7 p.m., Brian Sedita from page to stage, we go live and we pull playbills at random with guests and we talk about what it was like seeing that show, the getting the, the experience, getting the tickets. Did we go backstage? How old were we? Did we have any friends? Like what, um, what were the memories going into it? And it's a big love letter to Broadway, especially because all those theaters are so sadly empty uh, but we're we're uh, keeping the memories alive over in that live visual podcast. I like to think that we are the new Rosie O'Donnell show, but you know we have a we have big shoes to fill in a in a little bit until we we get that clout. But I'm really excited to welcome my guest today. She was a client of mine. And her infectious energy lit up the room. And I was so, just with her story and her light, I was so hooked. And um, 
based on where she is in her career and what she's created, I don't think I'm the only one that's been hooked by Lori Wheat. So <laughs> hi, Lori. How are hi, you? Michael. That was such a sweet intro. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, first of all, I'm the biggest fan of anyone that I bring onto this podcast. And you have such a cool story. You know, your your light is so contagious. It's so effervescent. So I, let's start with with the question of um, what was the rose and thorn of your day today? Oh my goodness! Well, obviously this is the rose of my day. This is the oh, rose beautiful. of my week. Honestly, I'm so excited <laughs> to be on this. I'm, I'm used to you know scheduling other people to be on podcasts, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But to yeah. actually be on a podcast is definitely the rose. And the thorn is um, just this quarantine, being stuck yeah. inside yet another day. And it's an ugly day at that. Um, yeah. I think we're all sort of hitting that wall now where we're ready to be together and be outside. And this is, yeah, that would be the thorn. Are you able to get outside and take any walks? Or are you? I am. You I go outside every day for a little walk or to like, okay. I've, I've been buying groceries in smaller and smaller um, orders at a time so I can continue to go out daily, but nice. I am right here in Hell's Kitchen. So I feel like I'm sort of still in a hotbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to get a sidewalk to yourself here. So, um, what's so, what's so funny is that, you know, this is making me, I lived in London for a little bit. I studied abroad in London and there was such a different approach to life when you're studying abroad in, in like a, in, in a far away place um because what we would do is we would we would go to clash and then we would sit at a at a at a at a pub and have a pint and then we would make our way back to our flat and stop at waitrose or tesco or somewhere and pick up our dinner for the night at the market and cook it and then go see our show and i never do that here in the city it's a much different life so weirdly enough what you're saying about going to the supermarket every day and getting smaller meals has been kind of um smaller purchases has been kind of great because yes it does get you out of the apartment and there's something exciting about do I what kind of pasta do I want to cook and right. <laughs> if you don't have the ingredients going out and getting them you know exactly except it's Which not I, it's fun to walk to the grocery store but being in there right now I don't know with all the masks and everything it's just sort of a surreal um hopefully just temporary reality and not new reality yeah, I definitely don't think it's a new reality. I definitely think that it is a current one. I think that it is how we're living, but I I don't I don't think that we look I, I just based on how people are responding to this pandemic anyway, like people couldn't even do it for a week without rioting. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I don't think that we're going to uh I don't I don't think we're going to exist as a society <laughs> before <laughs> this happens forever. I think that we'll self-implode. <laughs> I I agree with that. <laughs> so, um now I love your story, Lori. Talk to me about how you got to the city. Talk to me about everything. I'm just okay. I love it. So okay. start there. Okay, so um I'm from South Carolina and uh I at the time wanted to be on Broadway, so I spent most of the first 18 years of my life 
in dance class every day in every community theater production that would cast me. Um, I really, that's what I thought I wanted to do as a career. Um, and then I slowly started to realize that wasn't going to be an option. I remember when I was 17, I went to Broadway Theater Project in Tampa. And funny enough, um, Mary Kate Morrissey and Jane Bruce were in my class, um, which wow, the second, but both of them are now my clients. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I remember being in a vocal workshop where Mary Kate got up and sang, and I just said to myself, I am not good enough to do this. And I, it wasn't in a bad way or a mean way. I was just sort of like, okay, like I did it as a fun thing, but I know now that there are people out there that can do what she does and I'm just not fit for that career. So, um, but I still wanted to stay in the entertainment side of things. So um, I went to college at Belmont in Nashville, Tennessee and minored in music business, majored in PR. So there I worked in PR and artist management with country artists And then after six years of that, I was kind of sick of the country scene because I fell in love with country when it was like Faith Hill, Dixie Chicks, Martina McBride. And by the time I was out of college, it was all men singing about like trucks and beer and all of that. And it was just like, it wasn't a fun genre for a woman to work in. So um, moved to LA, which did not last for a year. Um, LA was not for me. But I did PR for Disney kids and reality stars there. So <laughs> two, wow. ends, two ends of the spectrum, but oddly require a lot of the same things. <laughs> um, and, um, and then decided I wanted to come back to New York, but I had no idea what I was going to do when I got here. Right. So for the first almost year that I was back in New York, I, I, I didn't have really a job that I knew was going to be long-term. I sort of floated as a personal assistant for one person. And then, and I moved on to a marketing role at a restaurant. Like it, there was no path really. And then, um, I saw there was sort of a gap in influencer marketing when it comes to Broadway actors. It feels like brands approach every other type of public persona and celebrity, whether they're, on television or, you know, a favorite of a, a famous athlete or, you know, any, any type of celebrity, but not Broadway. So I had actually approached Kate Rockwell, who I was taking voice lessons from at the time. Um, Cause even though I'd given up my Broadway dreams, I still enjoy singing and performing. So um, I had approached her and asked if she would let me handle her social media. And she said, yes, but she wasn't going to pay me anything. I thought that was fair. Um, (laughs) And then just through what I was doing for Kate, her castmates started to see all of the brands that were sending her stuff. And by word of mouth, I ended up getting like five more mean girls that summer. And then I started approaching people in other shows because I didn't want to just be (laughs) employed by the mean girls as much as I love them. So, um, as of now, I have 33 clients. So Wow, Lori. <laughs> exactly a year. I, I started technically April 2019. So now it's May 2020. And so exactly a year later, I've got 33. <laughs> That's amazing. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, let's start at the beginning then. Now, you said something really interesting that I normally uh, kind of go, well... 
I think that there's a place for every sort of performer in (laughs) this industry, but you had a really interesting moment that seemed to really ground you and kind of shake you up as a human being. I want to know more about about what was going on in your mind and your heart when you were like this, I'm not cut out for this or, or you felt like this wasn't right. You know, it's hard because in South Carolina, I was doing really well in theater. It seemed like I was on the right track because I was continuing to get cast in non-school productions. Um, And then to get into Broadway theater project felt like sort of, Someone else from out of South Carolina was saying, you're good. That's like the confirmation that I was waiting for because so far I was just like friends and neighbors. Um, But at the same time, it was just sort of, you know, I would, I got nervous every time I had to get up and sing in those workshops that by the end of the summer, I would just not raise my hand, which was such a, I had such an amazing opportunity to sing for so many, you know, current and just like legends. I mean, Ben Vereen, Frank Wildhorn, um, Kat McPhee, like all of these people came as guest artists that kind of like gave us feedback. And by the end of it, I was too scared to sing in front of anyone because everybody else to me was so much better. Um, So of course, like that's a sad part of a little dream dying. And that's why I think over the years, there's been little surges of me trying to maybe get back into it, um, as an adult, but, um, like I, you know, during the college years, I went to the bye bye birdie open cast call. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and I did, I made it to the final 12 for a callback for one of the ensemble girl roles. So like that to me, it's funny. It was my one and only Broadway audition. You would think that that would have been encouraging to me. (laughs) Right. So like my first one there and I got I got down to the 12 girls, but instead it was sort of like, okay, well, I didn't get it. So no more of that. Like, I guess I could say that I gave up too easily on all of it. But at the same time, I knew that my um, my skills were going to be used in a different and better way. Um And I feel like I'm just as fulfilled now. And I get to be around all of the things I love in terms of theater. I mean, I love people who work in theater. So I'm still in that world, just in a different way. And that's that's, And that is okay. That's when I consider a shift to be successful as opposed to giving up or making excuses for yourself. I think that when you find out where you fit and where you're the best job that you can do is in the industry. I think that's only a success story. I think that you, you know, I think that you did get that, you know, uh, support. You got down to the final 12. You were like, you know what? I could do this. And, uh, that happened. But, but then there's this like itch that led you to creating something. And I think that some of the bravest, people in the world are creators are the ones that start something from scratch because I don't mean to speak for you, but I'm, I can only assume that this happened just because, uh, you know, when I start stuff, I get, I have a lot of people that think that I can't do it or that Mm -hmm. doubt me. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's no more doubt. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a miraculous feeling and it's, and it's really great to see, but I, 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 I really wanted you to talk on this podcast about, uh, 
how you created something from the ground up. I mean, I wish I had like a formula to lay out to you about exactly how I did it. Um, I really have to credit Kate Rockwell and I always do. Um, and when I told her I was doing this podcast, I said that I would, <laughs> I said, when he <laughs> asked me how I got started, I'm just going to say Kate Rockwell. And it's true. Um, because she's sort of, you know, if, if she had not at, like accepted my free offer to help with social media that day, then I don't know that the rest of this would have happened. I mean, I do believe I would have continued to try to work with Broadway people in some way, but I don't know if it would have all happened the way that it has again, had it been a different person at a different time. Um, so I sort of, I mean, you know, obviously like working in PR for all those years, both when I was interning during college and then after college, I knew enough about PR I didn't know anything about starting my own company, um, which like, to me, it's still funny to call it a company because it's, you know, it's really just me. And then I have um, a girl that helps a lot with social media strategy. And then I just hired an intern from University of Michigan, but she's living in Westchester for the summer. So uh-huh. um, it is like weird to be someone's boss now, but at the same time, it's so tiny and it's still being run out of my studio apartment that it's hard to call it a company. Um, so I think I just sort of applied all of the things that I knew from those years working in PR and reached out to all the brands that appealed to my clients and asked if they wanted to send them things and either do, you know, gifting in exchange for branded posts or actual paid partnerships. And the response was an overwhelming yes. I mean, so many brands replied and said, we've never thought about working with Broadway. What a great way to like break into a new market. Or, you know, I think there's always one Broadway fan in every every office. So that office mate might be the one that gets my email. And they're like, oh, I love Mean Girls. Yes, absolutely. We'll send them stuff. And so it's a lot of just finding the right people and being friendly. Um, I think I'm really, you know, I think that the whole Southern thing helps in terms of people wanting to do us favors. (laughs) So... um, Yeah. I mean, I wish I had like a better answer for how I started, but it really is sort of like I started and now in, in, yeah, like it's sort of like the whole process I've been learning as I've been doing it. So that it wasn't like I had a business plan, you know, it just sort of, I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be just more than Kate. Like I thought I was going to be just helping Kate. And then she was going to like introduce me to a company that needed someone, you know, like, it all has sort of happened in this way where I'm learning as I'm going. No, that's so amazing. One, thank you, Kate Rockwell. And, you know, it's, <laughs> and it's such a testament to her of like, uh, of trust, you know, oh, absolutely. but that's the thing with, you know, with my photography, it's like, I just kind of picked up a camera and I had no idea that it was going to be paying my bills. I had no idea it was going to be, I thought that my glorious acting, my amazing performance was going to be my entrance into the industry. I didn't know photography was what was going to get my name out there. So it's really interesting. And, and you said something that was really that I think is is the difference between people that go, how do I do this? I don't know what I like. 
I, I, how, I get a lot of people that ask me, how did I get started? And mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's, it's, it doesn't matter how we got started. It's all about the intention. Like Lori, you literally just, you figured out that there was a, a, a puzzle that needed to be fixed and you had the answers. And by you even having that mentality of like, there's always a Broadway lover in an office and my email could get to the Broadway lover. Like, Airing on the side of possibility and wonder and positivity is never gonna it's never gonna be the wrong way. Right. I totally agree. And you know, when I first got to New York and I didn't know what I wanted to do, I was asking so many different people in the industry, would they just meet with me for 30 minutes? Could I bring coffee to their office? I just wanted to know how they got there. And, you know. People love to talk about themselves. I'm sure you <laughs> but like I got to, I got a meeting with Jack Vertel, who was the VP of um, Drew Jamson. I, I mean, I couldn't even believe he took the time to talk to me. And um, it's sort of like that attitude, I guess, that I find really impressive in other people. And I guess I'm impressed with myself because it's the way I've gotten every other job I've had. I've never gotten a job because there was a position online or, you know, I saw an ad about a job. Like it was because I saw a company I wanted to work at and I approached them and said, I want to learn from you, not someone from someone else. I want it, you know, my PR track to be furthered because of you as an individual. And um, for the most part, people are impressed by that. So I guess that's sort of the answer to how did you or I get here is because we were willing to ask people and willing to approach people. Um, I mean, I think that's probably the answer for most people of how they got quote here. <laughs> no. And that's amazing because our backgrounds, Lori, I mean, we're used to having a casting director or a director or, or someone we're using, we're used to having someone to answer to. And so we have to wait for permission. We uh, actors, I feel like, Artists in general have to wait for permission to do something or to uh, to get their art across. And this is flipping everything upside down and being like, I have control over my artistry. And when you have control over your artistry and your business, then no one can tell you otherwise. There's complete freedom. And that's when you start to, that's when the real creation happens. That's when the real possibilities start to happen because no one can tell you no. It's all up to you. Exactly. Exactly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So talk to me about her story. How did you come up with the name? How did you come up with, you know, the website is beautiful. How did you come up with your principles? I want to know how you, uh, so we talked about starting this business. Now, how did you start to form it? Right. So, I mean, I knew coming in as just me having no special connections in PR in New York or anything that I needed to like really make it a specific and very niche business. So not just PR, not just PR for Broadway people, but PR for Broadway performers who identify as female. That just like automatically makes me the only one doing exactly what I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there are competitors doing brand, um, brand management for Broadway actors now um, that are much bigger than me that have, but much bigger names than me and have been around much longer. So the way to compete with them was just to say, I can only, I'm only here for just this small portion of this population Um, And if they want something that's more catered to just them instead of just a PR firm that works with everyone, then I'm the place to come. (laughs) Um, So that was sort of just, and I just kind of came up with that because obviously, you know, in the past few years, there's been so many reasons to not want to work with men, no offense. (laughs) And, um, and so no, we're awful. That's why. (laughs) So I just sort of wanted to make it something where I could decide who I was going to work with. And, um, you know, PR for everything it is to me, PR is a personal business and it's really hard to sell your client if you don't have, you know, some sort of affection for them. Um, I'm sure there are many publicists who would disagree with me on that, but I just personally can't pitch an artist that I don't believe in or that I don't, I mean, I want all, I want all of my clients to succeed because I personally care about them. Um, and so I just thought it would be easier for me to personally care about you know, some other girls. (laughs) Um, but, but really it was about just being like a niche, um, you know, a niche thing that nobody else was doing. And, um, for the name, you know, like obviously like with everything, like, you know, people changing like the word history to her story, um, has been around obviously for a few years now, probably longer. Um, so it came from that, but I really wanted it to be her space story because I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted us to kind of do the work or for me to do the work while the clients are able to, live out their story. And, um, obviously when I can facilitate press opportunities for them, that's their chance for them to tell their story. So that was sort of, it's sort of a play on her story (laughs) and like telling her story. I mean, I love that so much, you know, it's, it's so on, you know, on your website, it's so clear you have, you know, your three core benefits of working with her store. You have self-actualization, accessibility, and that you reduce effort. So can you talk to me more about how you came up with those three core principles? Because what I love about her story is that you are super specific. And I feel like the 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 issue is with, with younger artists. Um, 
that want to start something is that the need to be specific isn't there. Mm-hmm. And that's when I feel that the creation doesn't stick, that the spaghetti that's thrown against the wall doesn't stick because we're not being specific and you found something so niche and specific and no one can come for you. You're, you're it. You're the one that does it. And anyone that uh, wants to do that has to answer to you basically. So how did you come up with your three core benefits? Um, Okay. Well, with self-actualization, I mean, so many people, whether you're on Broadway or, you know, you work in business, you still need to have a personal brand. And a lot of people just don't get that. A lot of people think it's cheesy when, (laughs) you know, when you hear someone talk about their brand. And obviously, there are ways where it can be really cheesy (laughs) for someone to discuss it. But, you know, these Broadway women, um, they need a brand because they are public figures, even if they're just micro influencers. Um, I had a well, so Erica Henningsen once told me that she's only really famous on a five block radius. <laughs> that used to always make me laugh because, you know, obviously that's not true. You look at how many people are following her on Instagram and not all those people are on a five block radius, but it sort of did like click with me that like, even though a lot of my clients don't have huge followings, they do have very loyal followings. And usually right. people that follow Kate Rockwell follow my smallest client because Broadway fans in general tend to be pretty loyal to the genre. So mm-hmm. they'll follow anyone who's on Broadway, whether it's the biggest person or, you know, swing number five in you know, a different show. So, but all those people still need to have a brand, especially now on social media when everyone's an influencer. Everyone thinks they are an influencer. Um, <laughs> and everyone posts like they are an influencer. And it's, it's, I, I often wonder who are they influencing um, and if they really understand what that term means when they call themselves influencers. But um, so, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, a lot of Broadway people that I approached early on said, I don't need this. Why would I need this? I'm just a Broadway actor. Um, And so it's been sort of um, a journey to, you know, educate all of them about the importance of what they what they post and how they post and what kind of companies they work with. All of that together formed their brand. So that's sort of the self-actualization portion of it is just to help them. Sorry, my cat is, I can hope that's not messing up the sound that my cat's (laughs) mouthing. I'm sorry. No, Um, you're so fine. I told them both to be quiet for the next hour, but you know, cats don't really follow rules. (laughs) It's okay. They're, they're not your clients, so they don't have to listen to you. (laughs) Exactly. But, um, Anyway, so yeah, it's just sort of been a journey of getting all the girls, I call them the girls, women, to um, to sort of accept that they are um, a public persona and that all the things they do combined create their personal brand. And I help them with that by, you know, strategically pairing them with brands that fit with them. You know, like some of my clients are vegan. So like obviously pairing them with like a vegan meal delivery service. Or some of my clients are really um, into like sustainability and eco-friendly stuff. So like I only pair them with companies that have that same sort of messaging. 
Um, so, you know, it wouldn't make sense for me to get Chick-fil-A to send my vegan client free meals. Um, right. So or any of your Broadway clients, really. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's sort of that part. Um, and then, um, you know, let's see. What's the next one that you wanted me to do? Well, I just, you know, before we even move on to that, I think that is so eloquently put. I hear a lot of people talk out against branding, people in the industry. And it makes me really upset because I think that it's backpedaling on what we are trying to do by reaching people. I think that social media, it's annoying but it is super helpful and does sell a ticket. And it also does get you out there and people, it's, it's amazing. It's like, you know, I, do I consider myself an influencer at times? Yes. But the question is, it's not even something that I thought I needed to ask myself, but you brought it up. It was because of you that just started, that got me all excited um, Mm -hmm. was that, you know, Everything else I ask this question, and it's the, who who's my target audience? But when it comes to social media, I don't a- answer that question. And I think that once I start asking that question, which I'm going to be, do- you're getting me all excited, Lori. I'm really like going, like I'm going to go hit the ground running with this. It's like, I think that my social media is going to be much more pointed and much more, um, uh, helpful because it's, it's weird. It's like one photo I post gets like, 1200 likes and -hmm. then the next day it barely breaks a hundred right yeah well yeah i mean you do have to i mean and you know with instagram analytics you can actually see who your demographic is um you know what gender and what location and all of that so that can give you sort of kind of an idea of who's looking at your stuff um but the rest of it is, yeah, like you said, knowing who you tar- who your target audience is, and not just who your demographic is, because those are two different things. Right. And I'll right. Send you the bill later. <laughs> and what'd you say? And I said I'll send you the bill later. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'll Venmo you. <laughs> um. But no, I think that's absolutely beautiful and eloquently said. I think that it's um. I think that that's very self-actualization is important in any aspect in our artistry. I mean, that's what I talk about with my clients, with my headshot clients that I wish that, you know, when we're being specific with these photos, I, I wish that, you know, my clients could answer more specific questions about, about what these photos need to say. I don't want to just take a photo of you smiling. I want, (laughs) I want these to be puzzle pieces. So self-actualization is a really beautiful way to put is a beautiful way to put it. So the next thing you have is accessibility. Talk to me about that. Okay. Um, I mean, so, you know, you want to be accessible to brands and um, sort of like have, you know, I try to like help build their recognition within the industry Um, and, you know, not just within the industry, but within this entire, you know, entertainment world. I mean, the more recognizable they are, the better um, in terms of what brands will work with them. Right. So, I mean, that's sort of that whole thing. It's just sort of, you know, you want to, you want to be available to your fans, but you also want to be 
appealing to the brands that could work with you. If that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's sort of like, you know, like patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, social media, and social it, media. So basically though, but we, you know, with the accessibility, the whole point is that, um, I'm sort of like the middleman between the client and the brands. Um, and by making them more, by making the client more accessible, I'm also making those brands more accessible. It's sort of like meeting in the middle because you want the clients to be available and then you want the brands to care. It's sort of like a two way, two way street. Um, so with what I do, like I do make it the, luxury of you know all the brands that we work with accessible to the clients it's amazing accessibility is definitely a two-way street and i think that goes with with you know with every aspect of a business it needs to be access like accessible accessibility needs to be everywhere right like with michael kushner photography my accessibility i have to be available um all the time because uh, you know, I get a lot of clients that need to shoot like ASAP. And even though I'm booked, you know, months in advance, there are times where I can, you know, I can um, remedy that issue. So there's that accessibility for my client. But then I also have to be accessible for my independent contractors, my makeup artists and provide, mm-hmm. you know, a safe space for them to work and provide uh, the things that they need and want. And I have to also be accessible for myself. I have to um, make sure that I'm photographing what I want to photograph and making sure that I'm implementing artistry and that I'm keeping true to who I am. So accessibility is a really beautiful core benefit that everyone should have. Absolutely. I agree. So then the third one you have is reduces effort. Yeah. So, I mean, none of my current clients had someone doing what I do for them before me. They were all doing it on their own. You know, they were right. reaching out to brands or, you know, tagging brands in the hope that that brand might say like email or DM them and say, Hey, we love mean girls or whatever. Can we send you some free goodies? Um, so, you know, I'm sort of the, the uphill challenge for what I do, of course, is obviously convincing my, you know, future clients that they need me because they've been able to function perfectly well on Broadway without me this whole time. Um, and many of them have been able to get Instagram deals by themselves just by reaching out. So it's sort of, you know, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I'm here to say, let me take that extra job away from you. So you can focus on your art. And also if you're in a show eight times a week, focus on that. Um, so that's why it says reduce effort because, you know, I'm sort of taking all of that on for you in terms of, you know, and I do really, I do so many things that are kind of outside of my job purview. Like, you know, I, this, with all of this quarantine, I've been helping a lot of clients book coaching gigs and masterclass gigs. Um, so it's sort of whatever I can do to reduce effort for you. I will, um, as long as it still feels like it's somewhat in my realm of expertise. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that's amazing, Lori. You've been such a help for me. I mean, um, 
I, you know, you've helped me get three of your clients into, you know, projects that I'm working on with, uh, with your multi-hyphenate and my Broadway memory. And it's, um, it's, it's amazing because it's so effortless and you create such a, an environment to be able to ask questions and Mm -hmm. to communicate. It's, you know, it's amazing to watch someone establish something that does not exist until now. (laughs) Well, thank you. I mean, and, and to that point, you know, of, of making it an easy process for you to book with people. I mean, part of that is because you're such an easy person to like a lot of the things you've been describing when you're talking about me, I would say reflect you just as much. Um, you're just as captivating and all of that. So it's easy to work with you. But but also it goes back to what I said about wanting to be friends with my clients and having to care about them on a personal level. I sort of feel that way about everyone. Um, I would just rather there be a positive, you know, relationship and not just sort of like a, a quick like business like email because what I do, yes, it's a business, but it's not business like. Um, it's, you know, it's Broadway, it's fun and it shouldn't be so serious when I'm trying to like book a client on a podcast. So it's sort of like, I do try to be friendly with everyone I deal with because, you know, I hope that in turn they'll want to continue to work with me. Even when I have clients that are maybe harder to pitch, they might be willing to take them on because they trust me as as a um, brand manager and a publicist and, They trust that I wouldn't throw them a client that I thought would be terrible on their show or whatever. (laughs) Now, Lori, unfortunately, we have to start to wrap up, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to know, you know, we talked about you and about how you start something and how you commit to it and self-discovery. But I want to know when someone is emailing you, when someone has a pitch that they want to bring to you and they want a specific client... What's going to help you? How are how is that person going to prove to you that they have that they create a safe space, that they're trustworthy, that they're not creepy, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, and that you're going to want to work with them? What do they need to provide for you in a correspondence? Um, I mean, really basic things like spelling correctly. Um, would, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I'm. It's really not funny, but it is funny because I, like I said, I've been helping Barrett Wilbert Weed book a ton of, she's offered to do free Q and A's to any educational programs that want them. So, but she gave everyone my email on her Instagram story. So you can only imagine the 1800 emails that I have to deal with right now. But even these people that are requesting to, to do a Q and A session with Barrett are spelling her name, you know, in so many different varieties where I don't take them seriously. I'm like, wait, you must not really care about what she has to say if you have the spelling off that much. Um, so I was expelling the climb. I mean, like, no, I'm not judgy. I'm not saying like I would judge a, a grammatical error or a spelling error, but Jeff, definitely if you're reaching out to work with a specific client, spelling their name right, knowing their credits, you know, it, that kind of helps, obviously. Um, if it's like a paid gig, I like for people to go ahead and mention what the rate is instead of just like hinting at it. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously like, uh, if, if they include a website and social media handle, I honestly, like, that's the first thing I'll go look at. So like, if I didn't know you and you reached out today, like the first thing I would do is look at your social media and see 
oh yeah, this guy is a big deal. Like here he is with Alice Ripley. Here he, you know, like I would get it. I would know you were not just <laughs> some crazy person, <laughs> or at least you might be right. a crazy, person, but you're someone we can trust. <laughs> I love that. I don't think anyone has ever read me more than you. You might be a crazy (laughs) person, but at least someone we can trust. And that is true. That's my MO, I think. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, those I mean, definitely, I think the biggest thing is like, not even what you say in the email, but just be really aware of what your social media looks like. And if you have a website with that portrays. Um, I know this is stuff our parents have been telling us for years. Yes. Kind of true, but um, your social media really, it tells us everything you need to know about a person, even if they're, it's, you know, so many people are so different in real life than they are on social media and usually more likable in person than they are on social media. So just try to be the same person in both places. And that's a good place to start. (laughs) And for everyone listening, if you need help with your branding and your social media and your career and everything, Lori Wheat is one of the coolest people I've met in a long time. And you need to check out her story. Lori, are you taking new clients? I am taking new clients on a case by case basis. So yes. Yeah, great. (laughs) So if you feel that you're a good fit for her story and, and need some need some amazing positivity in your corner, check her out, herstorybranding.com, and we can find you on Instagram. Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram at, at It's Lori Wheat, and then you can also check out the business's Instagram, which is at herstorybranding. Perfect. I can't wait to see how her story just absolutely explodes. It's such an exciting time and you're doing such amazing work. And I just want to congratulate you on that. It's really amazing. Thank you so much, Michael. Of course, Lori. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. Again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out at the Michael Kushner or at Dear Multi Hyphenate, both on Instagram or email me at michaelkushnerphotography at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great week. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, comment, all that jazz. And I will see you next week on, well, I'll talk to you next week on Dear Multi Hyphenate at the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is produced by the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to find me online via Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at the Dressing Room Project, or on Twitter at mkushnerphoto, and visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash dear multi hyphenate. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.